In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Just a reminder that Diet Starts Tomorrow is a podcast for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical advice. Always seek the advice of a physician or a health professional. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow. I stand behind my decision to avoid salad and other disgusting things. With hosts Remy Casimir. I'll have what she's having. And Emily Lubin. Remember, shoot like you have a secret. We're here to amuse your boosh. Hello and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Remy. And I'm Emily. And today we have a scoop du jour for you and a dear DST. Okay, so this scoop du jour comes on the heels of we were talking about OOO Ozempic uh, a mm-hmm. few weeks ago. And we did a poll on the Betches main Instagram stories. And the majority of people had not heard about Ozempic or celebrities taking it for weight loss, which I thought is so interesting because we literally were like inundated with the commercials back when it was for diabetes. Yes, we all remember the jingle. We all, oh, 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 Ozempic, oh. It's catchy as fuck. So good. I will admit that. Yeah. But I hadn't heard about it for weight loss until fairly recently. Mm-hmm. But I think you and I are just clued into this stuff. And right. we forget that not everybody is, which is why it's going back to why it's so harmful when people are not open about how, how they lost they're getting weight. so thin. Yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking about it too. I think it's uh, mostly the people that know about it are like in areas like New York or LA mm. where it's not just that it's been advertised on TV, but they know actual people who are taking it personally. Personal, yeah. Um, I have a family member who took it um, and was prescribed it. This scoop is very interesting. Um, there was a, because most of the people we were talking about were people who were taking it for weight loss. That was, I mean, it had to be prescribed by a doctor, but like it was like kind of ice pack just shady. fell out of your pants. Did my ice pack? I just <laughs> pooped on the floor. Uh, <laughs> Did anybody <laughs> notice that? <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> yeah, but um. Anyway, Remy Bader, who is a really popular creator, um, I love her videos. She's the other Remy. She's the other Remy, yeah, but Remy with an I. Um, she spoke out on a podcast about her personal experience taking Ozempic and that she um, was taking it for health reasons. It was for from prescribed from a doctor. And then after she stopped taking it, she gained double the weight back. Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. Especially for the people who are only taking it for weight loss and not for... For diabetes. Diabetes, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, this is... But this is what we were talking about, is that the drug itself regulates your appetite, essentially. Uh So, I mean, it seems common sense that once you would stop taking it, you would eventually put the weight back on that you had lost because your appetite would go back to, quote, normal. Normal. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are assuming... That maybe their stomach would shrink or something like that. Did well, you ever hear about that? No, I didn't hear about that. I want to ask a doctor about like stomach shrinking and stapling and all that stuff because I'm I'm a little ignorant of what the organ actually does. I am too. And I don't know that much about like bariatric surgery or anything like that. But mm-hmm. throughout this entire time that um, we've been hearing more and more information about Ozempic, I have had the thought like, oh, well, I mean, this does seem like a safer way to lose weight than having bariatric surgery. Sure. Um, yeah. But, you know, we don't have to get into but that also, today. There's probably a lot more um, like tape that you have to get through for surgery because you have to get doctors to approve it and stuff. Whereas with yeah. Ozempic, you could have like a family member just write you the prescription. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could get anything. And, but well, then this is the thing. It's like I could I could probably find a way to get it if I wanted it. You, you know, don't. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't want it yeah. at all, yeah. but I probably could. Yeah. And so I don't think like I don't think anything needs to necessarily qualify you except if you have the moolah to get it. So I mean, that, that's like an, from a can you get it place, not a should you get it. Place. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm 
I'm so happy that Remy spoke out, other Remy spoke mm-hmm. out about this because people are being so secretive and not even being honest about the um, side effects of the medication, mm-hmm. which I've heard are really, really bad or can be really bad. What are they? Nausea, headaches, indigestion, like all, all sorts of digestion issues. Sounds like a, a job for Pepto-Bismol. Yeah. <laughs> Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, indigestion, upset stomach, We're just singing jingles this episode. Ah, they're so good, though. They're so good. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S. That sounded good. I know. But yeah, so I'm always happy when people are transparent about that stuff because I've seen people who are normally transparent about the other work they've had done still not owning up to Ozempic. And the people who know about it are kind of like, we we know that you're doing, you know, like it's becoming dishonest at this point. Yeah. Well, actually, I now I'm just remembering uh, when you when you just said, like, people might think that their stomach shrinks or people might yeah, yeah, think, yeah. like kind of justifying why people might not think they'll put back on the weight. Mm-hmm. I don't even think people think that far ahead. I think it goes back to the diet mentality. I want a quick fix. I want a quick fix. I'm yeah. not thinking about future me. I'm yeah. thinking about present me and mm-hmm. I'm thinking about how I want to look now yeah and the problem with that way of thinking is that you're never going to be satisfied and I say it again and again and again because you simply cannot stick to something that's unsustainable mm. for the rest of your life I was actually it's not a drug by any means but there was a point in my life where I was doing a lot of soul cycle and there was a, a trainer who was a friend of my brother's and he was like, that's actually not so good for you because the second you stop doing that, like your body like freaks out or whatever. And I was just like, oh. you know, like anything that's not super sustainable is not yeah. probably it's not going to um, lend to a lifestyle change. Yeah. And, you know, I, I had a friend say to me recently, like, I haven't been to the gym in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Wow. What a crime, you know, like two weeks is not going to do anything to you. But we have this idea that like once I stop doing something, I'm going to revert back to whatever it is that I don't want to be or, you know, like it's going to happen overnight. Nothing happens overnight. Do you know what's interesting is I was on uh, Mention It All with Dylan, the Bravo podcast Mm -hmm. here at Betches, and we were I was making fun of, which I feel bad about now because of this new episode. But um, this guy on Below Deck who he was freaking out because he wasn't getting his workout in every morning and it was like ruining his days or whatever. And I was like, what's wrong with you? Like you, you're so codependent or whatever. Like, and then it turns out like he had a very big weight loss last year or whatever. And so this is part of his mental thing because he is so nervous about getting back to that place. And so it's not just about the body. It's about like getting back to a place where you didn't care anymore and that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally see that. I Anybody who suffers from that anxiety, like, oh, if I take one day mm-hmm. off of the gym or I didn't go for a run this morning, I feel disgusting. That's something I hear a lot of people say. Like mm-hmm. if, when I don't run in the morning, I feel disgusting. Mm-hmm. And I think like if that makes you feel disgusting, maybe you need to take more time off mm. because it just sets it sets you up for this pattern of whenever you're not able to do it, let's say you have an injury mm-hmm. or let's say you're away or let's say you just, you're, it, it's really busy at work. You're you in a really time. small room. You cannot run. You're on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you're on a boat. Yeah. Let's say below deck calls you and yeah. says, we need a chief stew. Yeah. Are you on it? Cause I know I would be there in a second. <laughs> no, I probably, <laughs> you wouldn't do it. No, I would do it. I would do it. But, um, I would be the worst chief stew, though. I'd probably I was get fired say, after I'd one day. I have a day. very bad attitude, yeah, I think. Yeah, I have a terrible and attitude. And I get really seasick, so I'd just be like, I'm sleeping. Oh, you do? Oh, well, yeah. yeah, I mean, you could, would be on a steady flow of dramamine. Dramamine? Dramamine? Drama. Drama. Yeah. <laughs> Am Save I the, the drama? I don't think I'm the dramamine. <laughs> um... I'm a meme at this point. <laughs> I'm uh, the drama I'm meme. I'm a drama meme. Um, so I, I think that's why people don't, you know, necessarily think that going off of this drug, they'll put all the way back on. Yeah. Because people don't even think about that when it comes to regular dieting. Totally. They're just not thinking that far ahead. But you need to think that far ahead because... It, I don't know. I, I think about if this... If your a- mental health is be- becoming reliant on this new body then you will have to keep paying for this drug. Yeah. And so you're, you 
financially will be giving more to it to keep it. And then you'll feel bad if you don't keep it. What if you keep taking the drug and it stops working? Like, then what do you do? Yeah. And that's definitely a possibility. They've only done 68 week long trials of this drug. Mm -hmm. So we, we really don't know if it gets less effective over time mm -hmm. or if, you know, the side effects get worse. We, I mean, we don't know. There was a listener who DM'd me that it has been really helpful for her. So I'm going to ask if she's still on it because I'm curious now. I'm curious and I'm happy too. for her that it's been working out and that's awesome. Yeah. And I can never say, you know, to anybody, don't take these drugs. No. But, you know, it, it's important to think about the reason behind it. Yeah. And, and what's driving that. It feels like cat food has been the same forever. Smelly, boring, made of mystery ingredients. That's why you've got to try Smalls. Smalls cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your fridge. And it's delivered right to your door. Make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love. We actually sent some to my friend who is fostering kittens and it is the only thing they will eat. It comes in these pate packages and you scoop it and you just feel like you're a chef for your baby kitties and they j'adore it. Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce. After switching it up to Smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements. That's major. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they'll completely refund you if your picky cat won't eat their food. Now is the time to make the switch to Smalls. Head to smalls.com slash DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order plus free shipping, baby. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always find the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N U U L Y dot com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. I was telling you, I just got back from vacation. Mm -hmm. I was away for 10 days. I was with a large group. Mm -hmm. And um, I got really, really triggered over vacation, like Did multiple you? times. Yeah. I like to generally associate with people who make me feel good, yeah. who share kind of the same core beliefs as I do, and who have the same attitudes about things, but particularly about mental health. Mm -hmm. And I was around people who I didn't realize before that they are not as educated about mental health as, uh, as I am. Yeah, And I just found myself triggered more often than I would Aww. like to be. Lots of comments not in my direction, but in general, but in, just around you in yeah. general, like calling people who I perceive as smaller than me, oh. just call, calling people fat. Oh, no. Um, or, you know, at one point I went out to dinner with a, a group of people and I got stuck in this conversation uh -huh. with someone who I thought I was very close to uh -huh. and who I thought was a really empathetic person. Mm hmm. 
talking about how her boyfriend is fat and needs to go to the gym. Mm. And so I kind of tried to play it off. I, I usually don't want to confront people right off the top I, because I think maybe this person wants to learn. Maybe sure. this person is open to hearing another perspective. Meet people where they are. Meet people where they are. Exactly. So I, so I said to her, I said, I mean, you know, it's never a bad thing to go to the gym if, if he yeah. wants to, but maybe you could go together. Like maybe you could encourage each other and, and go and like try to form a healthy habit. I, I don't know what I said, but I, it was something about like, you should go together. Like, help this man. Yeah. <laughs> Stop just and, talking shit on him to me. Right. Yeah. And uh, the response was, I don't need to go to the gym. I'm super skinny. Uh-huh. He needs to go to the gym. He's fat. Which is, <laughs> I, I just think it is so wild that it's so normalized to have those conversations in our culture that people feel like, I think, a really, not like sacred relationship, but a really sacred relationship is the one that you have with your chosen partner or yeah. number of partners or whatever. And if this is something that, it's making you unattracted to your partner or whatever, or it's making you not feel like he's worthy anymore. The fact that you can say that to a person that's not him is so unkind. Yeah. You know, it's like, so disrespectful. It's you know more about where she's at in her relationship right now than he does. Right. And I don't know what she's saying to him. Like, I think it would be for me, it would be super hurtful if my I, partner said that to me. And I can imagine my ex that I've spoken about saying that to saying other people you should about go to me. The, yes. She should go to the gym. She needs to go to the gym. She doesn't look good enough. No, 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 whatever. And I think ultimately the people making those comments, they're so insecure because they see their partner as an extension of them. And they're mm. probably, I mean, I don't want to diagnose anybody, but people who see it's like that's kind of narcissistic yeah, no I see that though um and so she's like he's not creating this image of us that matches that yeah. matches me yeah. yeah I think that might be part of it and and not that this is important but the boyfriend in question is not even that fat I'm sure he's gorgeous I, I mean it's, <laughs> it doesn't it wouldn't matter what size he was but it's just it, the cherry on top is that he looks like a high school football player he, sure. does, he doesn't yeah. look he just looks like a guy right he doesn't he's not that fat and so I kind of got really flustered in that moment and said you know there are other reasons to go to the gym besides body size mm -hmm. and I don't think, you know, I, I would never tell you you have to go to the gym, but it's not like because you're skinny that exempts you from the gym. Mm -hmm. And she then got super aggressive, actually, and just kept repeating it over and over. I'm skinny and he's fat. He needs to work out. I don't. It's literally like when somebody's like, hey, um, you need to go to therapy because this is like ruining our relationship. And it's like, no, you go to therapy because you're crazy and you're the one that has the problem. And it, it's, you're the one who's bothered by this. I'm not even bothered. So yeah. you should go. You sound bothered, babe. Yeah, <laughs> you do. You do. And you know who else was bothered? Me. I had to yeah. get up from the table. Yeah. I had to take a walk. Yeah. And there was also this other element, like I was upset and angry that, this hatred was being spewed at the table and that people were kind of agreeing with her uh -huh. and like kind and of it must have been hurtful that they feel comfortable enough to say this around you because it's like a disregard for a what you've gone through in your life. I don't know how much you've shared with these people, but be your job. Yeah. You do this podcast like when that happens around me, I literally am like, have you not read the description of the podcast? Like one, you're rude. I have problems. But two, like. It's it's Follow because, my work. It, yeah, it, they <laughs> don't re, they don't respect my work. They, they don't respect they clearly, work. they clearly don't believe in it. And yeah, and that's okay. Here, th this is the thing. It's okay to have different opinions um, than I do mm -hmm. when it comes to health and wellness. Yeah, and when it comes to body size. Yeah, but that was a big part of why I got upset as well. Was that you have really have no empathy for me mm -hmm. in that moment, calling somebody who I don't even think is fat, mm -hmm. calling them fat and saying they need to work out, but you don't because your BMI is lower than their BMI. And all of this triggering language that even really fat said in a derogatory way. Like, I'm just like, are you not in the same year as us? Right. 
Like you sound like my 90 year old grandmother right that, now. Or you sound like the sixth grade boys that mm-hmm. like we grew up with. It's like, are you still calling people R slurs and F slurs too? Like you should be smarter at this point. Yeah. And when you're in that situation where it's so clear that everybody is strong manning with their arguments, yeah, yeah. nobody really wants to learn. Nobody no. really wants to have a productive conversation. They just want to spew hate across the dinner table. Mm-hmm. It's really, really hurtful to me. And I still have a very hard time dealing with it, particularly because if somebody made a negative comment in my direction, I would have no problem defending myself. Mm. But I think they feel comfortable making comments around me because I'm not in a larger body. Right. And they forget my experience and they forget that I have a mental illness. Yeah. And, because you can't see it. Yeah. And um, and I was just really taken aback by like this nasty side of this person that yeah. I saw and just the lack of empathy and the unwillingness to learn. Yeah. Um that I just had to get away and and walk away from the table. And I haven't spoken to that person since because I really, I can't even look her in the eye, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. And, and you might be able to eventually. I like, will. Down the road, you'll be like, hey, this conversation like sucked and I like, like you otherwise. But also maybe you don't like her otherwise. Maybe like this was an indication of. I don't know where it was coming from. I think it's one of these things where I can make excuses and I can say, she didn't really know what she was saying. Also, people like to bond by talking shit. Yeah. If they're very toxic. Like I had an ex that I literally, I was telling my therapist at the time when I was making my pros and cons list, I was like, but he's so much fun to talk shit with. (laughs) And it's like, okay, like that's, that's not great for you. You need to work it out that probably keeps uh couples together longer than we realize i mean mutual hatred of other mutual hatred and just like a finesse for talking shit yeah is what i was like it was like oh he's so artistic he was talented yeah yeah (laughs) do you miss it no because i'm like i would rather not have the toxicity and i'd rather somebody being creative about being funny and being welcoming you know like there's so many other yeah of course i like somebody with this that can commiserate with me. Yeah. But that shouldn't be my number one. Oh, I like this person because we can fucking <laughs> drag other people together. Right, right. And and that probably was the number one on that pros list because there weren't any other good qualities. Preach. You know, <laughs> like it, it, it's like grading on a curve. Yeah. It made it more important. The bar was, was low. The bar was low. Yeah. Yeah. This also, this experience also got me thinking about... The the way that I always feared that thin people thought they were better than me. Yes. And it sucks and how to they have, talk when you're not in the room and how they talk when you're not around. Yes. And it sucks to have that confirmed right in front yes. of me that there are these thin people yeah. who just think they're better than other people mm-hmm. just because that's the way the way they are. Mm-hmm. And in this particular scenario, this person is a person who does not have a very refined palate, Mm. eats McDonald's fish fillets every day and Coca-Cola. And listen, if that's what you like to eat, I'm not shaming that. Mm -hmm. You can eat however you want. Mm -hmm. But to to be the type of person who is- To be judgmental. Judgmental about other people not forcing their bodies to shrink when you've never struggled with it in your whole life. Also, you're not creating an environment that's- easy for him to diet let's say he is trying and he he put this on himself that he's like I want to do this whatever she's not helping in any way she's making it hard because it's like all the meals we go to you're not actually gonna it's the way that guys are like I want a a hot girl who eats a lot but never puts it on it's like you're you're making this impossible for your partner yeah totally totally Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. My ex used to teach me how to make foods 
the way that he would like. It was extra butter between every pancake, extra, you know, whatever, extra cheese, extra whatever. And then would complain about me being fat. And I was like, how can I make the food that you want? Oh my God, that's so retrograde. Oh man. It's like he comes home, honey, I'm home. You have a whole like bacon pancake situation. I mean, I would never. Yeah, not me either. (laughs) But I did try. No, but but you're right. It's so not supportive. And I can't think of a situation where like I was having a a health issue, if we can call it a health issue. And I really wanted to make a change. And my partner saying, that's a you problem. That doesn't exist. That's not a thing. That's not mature. That's not supportive. Yeah. So I was really struggling with that because as I believe I've said before, I have a problem setting boundaries sometimes and and confronting people in particular. Like Mm -hmm. I hate confrontation. I hate even being around people arguing. It makes me anxious. It makes my heart speed up and my chest tighten and I need to do my deep breathing. And so I, I hate getting in those situations. I'm much quicker to just walk away. Yeah. But it leaves me feeling awful. Yeah. And it also leaves me feeling like I want to punish that person. And I have to remind myself that punishing that person isn't going to make me feel any better. Mm -mm. But what will make me feel better? You know what I mean? Probably removing them just for a little from your life. So you don't have to think about this person is a reflection of all the people in my life. There's a lot of people who care about you and wouldn't say that stuff about you and hold their tongue. You know, like. I did. I was reminding myself of that. That, I mean, that's really helpful. I, I was you know, taking time to, I wouldn't call it meditation, but, you know, sitting by myself and thinking there are actually a lot of people who care so deeply about me and Mm -hmm. who would never say that in front of me. I actually, since we're talking about people saying stuff in front of you, I had two experiences this week. Um, Actually, one was at me. It wasn't just in front of me where the person looked at my body and said, have you lost weight? And I said, no. And they said, oh, it looks like you lost weight. And I said, and who cares if I did? Oh, my God. Like, did that shut them up? Like, what What did they do? Yeah, they were pretty quiet about it. Oof. Oof. Because See, that they kinda... expect you to be like, yeah. Or thank and here's you. how. And yeah. I was like, no, I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> you can't right. see the rest of my leg. Oh, my God. What? See, that type of thing is ex- exactly what I'm talking about. I, I can't do that all the time yeah there are some situations that I can Mm -hmm. because I if I get the feeling like the person is uh open to learning and Mm -hmm. open to listening Mm -hmm. then I can say something but when it's like so aggressive in my face I know that person is not open yeah I don't care though I wanted to shut down the conversation yeah yeah but like what's the point you know the point is the conversation's over yeah and I'm not your safe space to talk about weight loss anymore right you know, you know that I'm going to get like, shut up, you know? Yeah. yeah. So the other thing that happened was I was watching um, Celebrity Jeopardy with a group of friends. And I have this one friend who is Gen X, but like very boomer at heart. Like he doesn't even believe that people say FIDI. And like I, financial districts? Yeah. He okay. thinks that's a fake word I made up. Um, <laughs> Did so, you make up Soho too? I made up Soho too. And, and Dumbo. Dumbo. Yeah. Um, so we're watching this and he's just in love with one of the contestants. He's like, she's so beautiful and her mannerisms, but she could stand to gain a few pounds. And I said, don't say that. Don't comment on her body. You're saying the nicest things, which you don't even need to say either. Right. We don't need to know we how attractive you anything. are to this woman. You can just quietly have your boner over there. But um, <laughs> was saying she needs to gain weight. I go, you don't know anything that she's gone through. I have friends that their relationships have been ruined because somebody wanted them to get help and they couldn't or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, just the way that you speak about people needing food and needing to gain weight or whatever, it's like you, it's so rude to that person, but also to everyone who's sitting in this room. At the very least, it makes people uncomfortable. And it's crazy that. I don't, I mean. Oh, it makes me uncomfortable. At the very least, it gets other people involved and they all start talking about it. And that's why I shut that down right then because I didn't want, there were other men in the room and I don't want them, this becoming a, oh, actually I like her body and oh, this is what her arms could be shorter or whatever. Like shut it the fuck down. But it it makes me uncomfortable when my aunt says like, oh, you're too skinny because she thinks that's a compliment. Mm -hmm. Mm. 
And it's not. Oh, Emily, I forgot this. We had dinner um, with a group of family friends. And I love this family so much. But I had just eaten dinner. Like we had, most of us who came from like my party had just eaten dinner and we were supposed to go there just for dessert. Mm -hmm. They ended up putting out hors d'oeuvres and stuff anyway. So I just wasn't eating them because I was like, I'll eat the dessert. Like I'm not hungry right now. Yeah. And she kept making comments being like, you're not eating? You're not eating? I never see you eat. Ugh. And I go, I eat a, a lot. And Ben you is like- you have a nanny she, cam in she, my home? Yeah, no, but Ben's like, she eats all the time. And I go, I just eat like on my own schedule sometimes, I guess. And the daughter looks at me like, you don't have to talk about this. Like, it's fine or whatever. So it was shut down. And But then later I started eating some cheese. And I, it was, ooh, Remy's finally hungry. Remy's eating or whatever. Stop it. And I went, I eat. And, and like it stopped then, but she ended up because and the daughter goes, mom, and it stopped. But she texted me the next day saying the daughter. No, the mom. Oh, saying, Remy, I am so sorry. I had no idea until my daughter told me that that is like a no, no thing to say to people. And like, you never know what anyone's going through like a three paragraph thing. And like, this is a person yeah. I love. You know, who like she wasn't trying to do that. She just never thought about it. She never thought about it. This is also uh, somebody from another country. So maybe that's has something to do with it. Maybe. But she literally was like, oh, I'll like punish myself or whatever. I said, no, you have no idea how much that means to me. Like just to like reach out and say sorry. And she said, we're all still learning. And I said, I know. I know. I, that, I'm going to cry. I know. That's so nice. That's what I was hoping would happen yeah. um, in this situation, but it didn't. But I, your friend doesn't have a daughter. So no. Sometimes no, people need she, to give birth so that people can educate can them. Can educate them about like the current times. Yeah. yeah and uh, I mean, yeah, that there was... There was one other incident, the same trip, because I, I was with, and you know, whenever you're with a group of people, there's so many personalities and yeah. you get sick of each other at some point, yeah. you know, um, and I have no problem going off on my own and I require a lot of alone time mm-hmm. to decompress. But, mm-hmm. but inevitably I was around somebody else and it was not, he didn't say anything to me, but he jokingly called somebody else fat mm. who is objectively smaller than I am. And what? yeah, and it was a joke, quote unquote, not but a it's funny still one. Using fat as derogatory. Yeah, and yeah. then he says, "Oh, sorry, don't say that in front of Emily." Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, as if I have a big stick up my ass, mm-hmm. and like you can't say things in front of me because I'm gonna jump down your throat. No, do you know why you shouldn't say that in front of me? Because it hurts my fucking feelings. Yeah. Because I have a mental illness. Because these words are harmful and they hurt people. And this is my job. And (laughs) you're you're ignoring my job. There is that part of it, too. That's like you literally don't respect anything about me. You don't respect my beliefs. You don't respect my career. Yeah. You don't respect my feelings, my past, my uh, experience, my feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And and so at a certain point, I'm just like, why am I here? Like, Mm. I started to think I was going insane. I started to think, wow, is this just what everyone thinks? Am I just getting a window into what the layman's, <laughs> what the layman people think yeah. about bodies? Because none of these people have ever struggled with their weight. So this is a thing about, and I hate to like make it about like race or whatever, but like with being a Jewish person, it's one of those things where you can be in a room of people and they feel safe to say something about Jewish people because they don't realize that you're Jewish. Uh-huh. And you learn something about them in that moment. And you could either educate them, which usually I'll say, we're just people. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the reminder. You know, and let them know that you're there. But I think it's really important in all spaces where if somebody is saying something that is setting the tone or like this is going to be a belief of this group, you have to let them know that these are not my shared beliefs and I'm not a safe space to have these conversations. Yeah. Does it suck that those conversations are going to continue behind your back or without you? It does. But also if you're in the space, you can afford them some leniency because people do fuck up and you give them a second chance and you teach them a bit and they can all then they can be on at least a little bit of a journey or something. Right. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Or like, they never will. But also that's not your responsibility. That's the thing that I always try to go back to is I say the serenity prayer a lot mm-hmm. and I find that it really helps. And anybody who doesn't know it, I mean, they say it in AA a lot and it refers to God, but I don't even think of it as actual God. I just think of it as things that are out of your control. Mm. And it's God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, mm-hmm. the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know, to the, know difference. the difference. Yeah. And I, I do say that to myself quite often because it's like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to change everybody. Totally. I'm not that powerful. You know. Also, here's another thing that I've regarding sobriety. Um, I was talking about impact versus intention with people. Like sometimes somebody doesn't intend to misgender you or somebody doesn't intend to step on your foot, but the impact is still the same. It hurt, you know. Um, and I was talking about that with a friend and he's like, OK, but here's the thing. I'm. And he's like, I I would never try to misgender somebody on purpose. I would never step on their foot on purpose. But I've been struggling with sobriety my whole life. I've been in and out of treatment. It almost killed me. I still have friends that offer me drugs and offer me alcohol. And they are not doing it to hurt me. Their intention is to keep me included or whatever. And so the impact, it, it... it doesn't actually impact me because I know that their intention is what, and I was like, you must hate me. I offer you weed all the time. And he was like, no, you know, so some people know he was sober. I did, but I would always forget because it's not part of my world. Yeah. Um, And so I am on the one hand, really grateful to him for that grace. But I, I'm like, at a certain point, you should hold me accountable because this is a huge thing about you. Yeah. And there are some people, and I really envy these people who are able to compartmentalize more. Yeah. I, I think it's just a, it's a personality trait that not everybody has. It just, yeah. it, not everybody thinks like that. Like some people really can deconstruct a situation in terms of the way that the other person intended it. Yeah. And, and they can say, oh, th- this hurt my feelings, but they didn't intend it that way. So my feelings aren't hurt. Mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. And I envy those people so much, but I'm just not like that. But you're not like that. And you took it on. Yeah, I took it on. I so mean, just remove yourself for a little bit. Yeah, I need time. And, and I'm sure you could have a like, I have friends who have said anti-Semitic things about me and I did not want to speak to them for months. But I ended up talking to them and saying, these are some things that you said and I cannot accept if you're going to say them around me again. But you didn't know the first time, I guess. And maybe you didn't have enough Jewish friends or maybe you didn't have anybody who was willing to say this or anybody who was or like you thought it was funny. Like, yeah. Or I mean, other Jews might have thought, oh, that's what people joke about. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to be the shrill voice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But someone's got to be somebody. Yeah. But you can always you can always change your tone. Yeah. You don't have to literally say something in a shrill voice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's why I always go. No. Why? <laughs> Who cares? Like, I know that's not not the nicest tone either, but it's just kind of like, huh? Right. She should lose weight. Why? That, you know, I will do that sometimes. Actually, yeah. I'll be like, I'll be like, what? <laughs> what? What? Wait a second. He needs to work out because he's fat. But you what the fuck? I, are would, you I, would, about? I would even go into it deeper. Wait. So you're not attracted to him? Oh, that's good. Oh, wait, do you want to break up with him? Oh, so like you don't care about him. Oh, so (laughs) is your relationship in a really bad place? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so you're bullying him. Oh, so you're mean. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's nice and you suck. Um, (laughs) Oh, so he's available because I have a lot of friends. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, that's good. Like, oh, I I know some dating apps for him. Oh, my God. If you want to get rid of him. I had a friend who just told me she thought he was so hot. (gasps) That's so good. I actually think this leads very well into this Dear DST that we received. Mm -hmm. Remy, would you like to read this one? Surely. Okay. Dear DST, first off, thank you for being my number one podcast to listen to on my walks or commute to work. It always makes my day better. We love to keep you company. Um, So quick story time. My father-in-law is, let's just say, fat phobic. When I started dating my now husband, my father-in-law, let's call him B, never mentioned anything about my weight. But soon after my ED evolved, B would make comments comparing my new body to the old. For example, I had a chunky stage about three years prior to meeting my husband. I had mentioned in conversation with his family, yeah, when I was chunky. And sure, I was kind of asking for it, but B responded, oh yeah, when you met blank. That was not my chunky stage. I had just lost a few pounds due to my ED from the time we started dating to when we had this conversation. 
I kind of brushed it off because it was the first comment he had ever made. However, it has gone beyond measure. Now he compares me to my brother-in-law's girlfriend, but not in favor of her. He will tell me that she is fat and wishes his son was dating somebody my size. He has mentioned that his son is too good for her because she doesn't do anything but sit on the couch and get fatter by the day. Oh, my God. I literally <laughs> have a day. I have a person in, in my family who's just like this. Oh and it's God. like wild. She is like a balloon. Every time I see her, she is just getting bigger and bigger. All B's words, not mine. Being in ED recovery, my ED brain just solidifies that people care about your weight. I have talked to my husband about it because he knows it really bothers me and he doesn't appreciate B's comments either. But every time my husband mentions it, B doesn't stop. I have, I've been with my husband for over three years now. And within those three years, he has probably had 20 plus conversations with his dad, even with me in the room. And B still to this day does not stop. He also makes comments about food to me. The other day we ordered pizza and I honored my cravings by eating a sandwich instead. B said, oh, so now you are too good for pizza and have to eat healthy food in front of us? Just eat the damn pizza. Or he will say, what did you eat today? Oh, let me guess, a piece of lettuce? <laughs> Again, in ED recovery, this is not helping. The last thing I want in recovery is for someone to notice the way I'm eating because I do not want any tension between B or me and my husband. I would love to know how to get it through B's head that it is disrespectful to make such harsh comments, not only to me, but about his son's girlfriend and women in general. I have gained weight in recovery and I am super proud of my progress, but now I feel fear that B goes behind my back to talk about it. Any advice would help. Thanks, y'all. Sincerely, daddy-in-law issues, bitch. Oh my gosh, you are, um, this, is, this is a I'm window. I'm so sorry for you. This, I hate this man yeah, for you. I hate this, but this is a window into my soul right now because this is exactly what I was dealing with. And okay. I, I, like, this is even more, like, this is even more evidence of why saying something to somebody you never know what they've gone through and you never know how it's going to affect them but this guy has had conversations with his dad multiple times yeah but i think that the father-in-law will still say things because he sees her as having an aspirational exactly body. he's jealous of her he's jealous of her yeah. or or he just idealizes her body so he thinks that it's the notion that it could hurt her is ridiculous yeah which is not good and it's not okay but that if you want an explanation that's for why where he's, he's coming that's from. where he's coming from but he's also pitting her against this other woman and this is something that really fucking pisses me off when men start commenting on women's bodies in general but of the people that their families or friends are dating, that they'll say, she's too fat for him. She's too ugly for him. No, 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 whatever. And it's like, do you want to fuck him? Like, I this think is they do. weird yeah. that you're getting involved with this, especially for a father-in-law to a, a daughter-in-law or whatever. It's like, you don't need to be attracted to her. In fact, you should not be attracted to your son's wife or girlfriend or whatever. They don't need to fit into the mold that you're attracted to. You disgusting man. Right. And can I just say, <laughs> can I just say, nobody's too anything for anybody if they're with them. Yeah, that concept, they chose them, you fool. That concept is so bonkers yeah. to me. Yeah. Like, oh, he's too good looking for her. She's too good for him. He's too rich for her. Like, what? What? And all of they those people. They signed a nonverbal contract to be together. Literally. They bang. They bang. Yeah, sometimes they have kids. It's evidence of the banging. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, that it bothers me so much that they feel they have the license to say that to you, dear listener. Yeah, um, it's it's not okay. And how would we go about solving this problem when her when her husband's already had twenty plus conversations with the dad? I mean, maybe it's time for you to have the conversation, which sucks, but sometimes they need to hear it from the horse's mouth. Yeah. Yeah. It's always more difficult to be looking in the person's face when uh -huh. you're actually hearing the thing. Mm -hmm. So that might, you know, shame him. And I mean, it's cry in front of him. I dare you. Oh, that's good. Like, because a lot of people are afraid to like have a serious conversation and cry. You know, it scares men a lot. Tears. A crying woman. Oh, you don't want to have that happen in front of you again? <laughs> don't say anything. 
Wait, you're so right. Like we should be weaponizing our tears more often. <laughs> I don't I don't ever weaponize them. Oh, well, I'm going because to. Because it's very dangerous. I can't cry on cue though. I'm like not a great crier. But no, but when things do let me make me cry, I let it happen because I'm like, I need you to see what this is yeah. actually doing to me. Well, when you think about it, that really is what it is. It's like, yeah. it's a manifestation of the way you feel. So if that's what that person needs to see to understand, then yeah. maybe that's a good thing. Also, I know that, you know, as you progress in somebody's family, this is really difficult to do. So I'm I'm not like I know that this is hard to do, mm-hmm. but maybe withdraw a little bit. Yeah. If you can. Yeah. Maybe if there are things that you don't have to attend, mm-hmm. you could have some space. And then eventually when they notice that you're not attending things yeah. and they comment on it, you can be very, very honest and say, this doesn't feel like a safe space for yeah. me. Every time I'm around you, you say stuff. We've said stuff to you about it. Mm-hmm. You still continue to do it. So for me, I I want to keep myself safe. I want to protect myself and protect my feelings. And, mm-hmm. and that's the reason why. This guy, I don't know what you can do because he's commenting on bodies all the time. Mm-hmm. But if there's somebody who's just commenting on eating habits, do non-food-based activities with them. You know, where it's like there's no there's going to be no talk of food or whatever. Again, he does still talk about bodies. So like you might feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's playing so tennis hard. with a man who's looking at your legs. Right. Yeah. I feel like it comes up in every situation. Yeah. Even non food related. What I was going to say, though, about the people who say like that person's not good enough for the other one. They don't have any self-esteem. That's where that's coming from. They don't understand how anybody could like them. Mm-hmm. without a perfect body or the right bank account or the right job or whatever. Like they are just so flummoxed. If yeah. That's the word, you know, yeah. that they're like, what? Like, how could this imperfect person? I've actually had the person who's like this in my family point out unattractive women on the Upper East Side or people that they deem unattractive and say, that woman married somebody. How come you can't? Um, that woman got a, a rich a, husband. A How of, come you can't? A lot of people marry people. Exactly. I'm sorry, I didn't but know you also, had to be hot to get married. No, legit. But it's also, <laughs> it was like this like social status thing. Yeah. She could wrangle a rich, you know, somebody who would right. want a trophy wife, but, right. but settled for that goblin or whatever. And I was really young at the time that this was happening. But now I'd be like, she must be hilarious. Or, yeah. You know, like, or she must. She must be the coolest bitch ever. Yeah. Or maybe he just finds her attractive. Or maybe he thinks she's fucking smoking. Yeah. Maybe his beauty ideal is different than yours. Have we talked about Hot in Cleveland? So the show Hot in Cleveland, it's called that because these women get stuck on a layover in Cleveland and they realize <laughs> they're hot in Cleveland. They're not, <laughs> they're not hot in the respective places where they've grown up or whatever. But in Cleveland, they're like fucking amazing. Whether, did, wait, did they grow up in like New York, L.A.? Sure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where it's like the standards. Were, or, and I have a friend that we went on birthright together and she would always say, oh, my God, life at home was so hard. And then everybody in Israel was falling in love with her. And we were like hot in Israel. Mm. Um, maybe his standard, you know, like maybe people have different types. People have different types. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Listen, I like a Cleveland hot. I don't even know what that means. I don't but even know I, what it but means I either. But listen, I, I just like beautiful men and I don't really care. Like, <laughs> No, but okay. don't And don't edit that out. Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> I just like beautiful men. Because, and I will explain myself. It doesn't mean one thing. There are different things that can attract you to people. Mm-hmm. And like, I just like hot guys. They don't have to look like a certain body type. They don't have to have certain facial features. There mm-hmm. are lots of people that I've encountered in my life that people were like, you like that guy? Yeah. That guy's fucking ugly. And I'd be like, well, I think he's hot. I think he's like, hot. I think he's hot. He has like prison style tattoos. I'm really into it. Mm-hmm. He has bad teeth, but I don't really give a fuck. Mm-hmm. You know, like... You, it's okay to just like hot people. You don't have to justify that or explain that to people. Actually, I think the more sad thing would be to be with somebody just because you think that other people think they're hot. Exactly. That's worse. Exactly. I would advise you, like I said, to create with, some distance. Create some distance if you can. And um, and I agree with Remy to say something to him directly is probably a good idea. But I, once again, I have a personal hard time with that. Um, let us know how it goes. If you have a hard time with it, cry. Yeah. Let it flow. 
I'm going to get some, um, what if the actors use? No, you don't need that. If you have a tough enough time confronting <laughs> people, you will cry. You're right, because I'll feel pressure in that moment, mm-hmm. and the pressure will make me cry. And if you don't cry, then great. Have your thing that you want to say. Yeah, and then you'll be even keel, and then it'll come across the same way, probably. Yeah. But this is something that I wanted to mention on our sex and relationships episode about men commenting on women's bodies and the culture of the patriarchy or the culture of assault or whatever is like a lot of times because there's so much emphasis on the male gaze, you don't feel like your body is your body. Yeah. And that's why uh, mostly, not mostly, but it is more females going through these issues than men. I know men have their own stuff going on, um, but that's usually put on by other men, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so at the core of this man just being fat phobic, he's also a bit of a misogynist. I don't know if he would say these things to his daughter's husbands or about, you know, like he's feeling too comfortable yeah, it does Hating have, a lot of stuff about you. Yeah, it has an air of, uh, you know, guys and dolls. Mm-hmm. Like, um, hey, toots, you're looking really good in that dress. Yeah, and it's you like, know, well, you look do- disgusting. Yeah, Don't comment like, on me. And and also, ew. <laughs> ew. Ew, you're old. You're my my <laughs> husband's dad. You're disgusting. Please don't look at my body. One time I got a haircut and I said to Ben's dad, I go, do you like my haircut? And he goes, do you like it? Only answer that's correct. Ben's parents sound like angels, angels sent from heaven. Yeah, if we ever break up, people will know it's because of him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for today's episode. Be sure to send your questions to dst at betches.com to get them answered. Follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram. If you like this episode, rate, review, subscribe, do all that stuff. Get some DST merch on shop.betches.com. Uh, then, of course, follow me at Remy Casimir. Follow me at Lubination, and of course, we're always with you through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Aliza Zinn. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Aliza Zinn. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com or your voicemails to 212-287-5650. Betches.